My Patriot Supply is here, uh, and I strongly, strongly suggest you don't say whatever uh, when you're looking at the events of the world. What are you actually doing to prepare? Stu and I had this conversation yesterday off air um, because it, we, we, you have to start thinking this way. It, it's coming. I don't know what it is, don't know when it is, but it's it's going to be difficult and things are going to change. I'd rather not uh, look for a zoo where I can get the meat so I can feed my family. Order your three-month emergency food kit today and save $200 per kit. It's easy to order. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. You will get fast, free shipping. Do it today. You'll regret it if you don't. MyPatriotSupply.com. Take the pressure off yourself. MyPatriotSupply.com. All right, we begin in a minute. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday, so we start in 60 seconds. If pain has gotten aggressive with you, you get up in the morning, you feel like dog crap and feel life is kicking you to the curb. Uh, It only gets worse as the day goes on. I know because I've lived in that kind of pain. Please, if you've tried everything else, would you just please try this for three weeks? It's 1995. If it doesn't work, yep, there's another box you've checked. That doesn't work. But for 70% of the people, they go on to order more month after month, and they tell you, you'll know within three weeks. If it's not really working for you in three weeks, it's not going to work, most likely. So try it. Three week, 1995 relief factor. Get your life back. Get out of pain. 800 for relief. 800 for relief. Relieffactor.com. Well, hello, Stu. How you doing, Glenn? Oh my gosh, I'm good. Yes. Yes. So you got a big vacation coming up. I do. You're on the verge of it. Yeah. You got to be excited about that. Mm. I've got like 800,000 things I have to do before vacation. Right. Yeah. That's how this works. Uh, I know. And then you spend most of your vacation doing those things. (laughs) So it's not a vacation at all. Well, it's going to be Mm -hmm. because we're we're going to Afghanistan. I hear it is beautiful. Oh, really? This time of year. I know you have a timeshare in the Sudan, (laughs) but you're going to (laughs) Afghanistan this time? Afghanistan this time. Yeah, it's going to be very, very nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. where should we start? I, you know, I, I want to leave you here for the next couple of weeks, and I, I want to arm you with something that I think is really, really good. Stu and I have been starting to say it. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whenever you have a problem in front of you, if you say that, it kind of makes it okay. Yeah, it does. Because you, know, you, you don't take ownership of that problem. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, Donald Trump and, uh, and uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. are yelling at each other and... Uh, Calling each other names, and it's really not good. Hmm. I wonder how that's going to work out. It's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, look, we're in primary season, so everybody hates each other again on our side. Hmm. It's going to be interesting. Sure it's is. It's going to be an interesting yeah. 
18 months, you know, <laughs> it sure is. Right. So you <laughs> so that I want to I want to add on to that uh, because I had Spencer Clavin. He is doing our podcast that is out on the blaze now and going to be out for all the podcast uh, users in what Saturday on Saturday tomorrow. And we had this conversation yesterday and it was great. And he said kind of the same thing. I said, how do you talk to people who are just unreasonable? You know, look at, let me take you here. Let me show you the horror on the streets of Philadelphia. Cut five. Now, I lived in Philadelphia. It was always not the best. (laughs) But this is... Less suboptimal? Less suboptimal. I mean, these people are zombies. Yeah. Uh, They're just all drugged out, laying in the streets or stooped over, all in Philadelphia. Now, let me show you something else. This is in Oakland. Oh this is people coming and speaking. This happened this week in Oakland, California. Not exactly... A, a red part of California. It's not, it's not uh, MAGA land? No, it's not MAGA, MAGA territory. So mm-hmm. these are the Oakland residents that are coming to Oakland to demand a change from the city. Listen to this. I'm Lewis, owner of Studio Naga. I email you in your office every week. I email homeless. I email macro. I email everyone. And you know the situation. I have a person who's mentally deranged, who's living 10 feet from the door of my business, who has threatened me multiple times, who has threatened other people, who defecates on our property, on our business. And I'm being told by macro that they can't do anything. I'm being told by the police that there's got to be something in the middle. Because as women have said, I don't want to have to get threatened with sexual violence when I go to work. I don't want my children to see this as a normal behavior from an individual on the street, that they get, he's been naked, he's masturbated in front of them, he's oh urinated gosh. in front of them, it's, and, and there's nothing I'm told the police can do. Okay. So your policy of not enforcing some of this 150 feet from a school, 50 feet from a residence or business, that policy has a direct effect on Okay. Now listen to that. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Why? Why are you paying taxes? What am I paying taxes for? Okay. Uh, listen to this. Uh, crime. Uh, crime change. Cut to number seven. I understand it comes to a place of hurt. Generally, when people are being violent, on some level, in some form, it's coming from a place of hurt. Sure. But if they're doing hundreds of gunpoint robberies mostly to women, to people of all races, where I have lived in poverty my whole life, it makes it hard for us to keep jobs, to find jobs, to live life, to fight through mental health issues, to fight through our poverty. And it's not just one demographic of women, it's all kinds of women being targeted. This is systemic violence as well. Yeah. Uh, So here's what I want to leave you with. When you start to have conversations, because all of the data points are there before when they were like, we're going to reimagine a police. We're like, that's not going to work. That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. 
Okay. Um, and that obviously, you know, wasn't necessarily the best thing to say, but that's what was out of our mouths. I know it was my mouth at the time. Are you out of your mind? Now all the data points are there. You show things like this and say, so let's talk about defunding the police and saying that the homeless, you know, can live anywhere they want and all of this. How's that working out for you? Just ask them that. How's that working out? Can we just can we just look at the facts? How's the city doing? How's crime? How's crime compared from a red city to a blue city? Is there anything we can learn from this? How's it working out? And just be kind about it. But it's time we just start talking about facts. That it, this is empirical evidence. This is how science is done. I don't follow scientists because I know scientists can be wrong. I follow actual science. And that is, I have a theory. I'm going to now test it out. And I'm going to look at the facts. So when they say, you just don't even know. You're a racist. No, I'm following science. Here's how it works. You propose a theory. I think police are making our cities racist and there's they we would be safer in the minority communities if there weren't any police okay you said defund because you want to reimagine now we've done that in several cities so let's look at those cities because if it was working and it was better i'd be with you i'd change my mind I don't want to be right. I want to live in a great country that treats everybody fairly, that 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 looks at everyone equally, looks at people who are sick and says they're sick. How can we help them? I don't want to live in crime and neither do you. So how's that working out? That's science. We did a show on Stu Does America called Stu Does the Collapse of the American City. It's a couple of weeks ago and highlighted a place called uh, Old Station Subs in Phoenix. Listen to this. This is there every day, every day. 69-year-old owner who wants to own, uh, opens a sub shop that's been around for a while. This is his current situation. There are hundreds of people sleeping within a few blocks of Old Station, most of them suffering from mental illness or substance abuse as they lived out, lived out their private lives with public view of the restaurant. They slept on Joe and Debbie's outdoor tables, defecated on their back porch, smoked methamphetamine in their parking lot, washed clothes in their bathroom sink, pilfered bread and gallons of gallon jars of pickles from their delivery trucks, had sex on their patio, masturbated within view of their employees, and lit fires for warmth that burned down palm trees and scared away customers. Within a half mile of the restaurant, the police have been called to an average of eight incidents a day in 2022. There were at least 1,097 calls for emergency medical help, 573 fights or assaults, 236 incidents of trespassing, 185 fires, 140 thefts, 125 armed robberies, 13 sexual assaults, and four homicides. The the remains of a 20 to 24-week-old fetus, 20 to 24-week-old fetus were burned and left next to a dumpster in November. Two people were stabbed to death in their tents. Sixteen others were found dead from overdoses, suicides, 
hypothermia, or excessive heat. A group of young men in the encampment had begun selling off pieces of the public sidewalk, charging each person $20 a week for what they called lot rent and security. That, that had seemed ridiculous to a, an encampment resident uh, until he decided not to pay and then awoke one night to the smell of someone dousing his tent with lighter fuel. Then there was Keisha, barely out of her teens, who had skittered around the encampment like a scared cat, wary of everyone, carrying a few old dolls and crying sometimes. Oh Joel had tried to watch out for her, offering her water in a f- for a few minutes out- uh, inside whenever she was upset. But one weekend when he wasn't around, the temperature was 115 degrees. She lay down on the curb near his gallery and died of heat exposure oh my and dehydration. Gosh. Uh, story after story after story of, of this. And this is goes back to one of these court rulings where they said, of course it's okay to camp outside. That's okay. Uh, of course it is. So this is completely devastated. And this is the story of one sandwich shop. But this is repeating itself all so, over the country. You know, here's the thing. We have to understand that um, America is not all John Philip Sousa, marching bands, uh, perfect military and white picket fences. OK, we have to just understand that. I never thought it was. I thought we were better than we are now, um, but I never thought it was. We've done some really bad things. I'm willing to admit that. I know at this point you are, too, because we've gone through this together. We had we actually did soul searching. I think the vast majority of Americans have changed the vast majority of Americans um, on both sides have changed. Now, we've changed because we've done soul searching and we have went, yeah, geez, we really screwed things up. Boy, you know what? The liberals were right about the companies being the, becoming the state. I didn't think that 20 years ago. And they were right about the FBI and the, the, the spy apparatus in this country. They were right. Okay. All right. Now, why do I say that? Not because I'm forced to, but because I'm watching the evidence Nobody convinced me of that. The evidence is overwhelming. Now, while that evidence is coming out and changing hardcore uh, Republicans, hardcore conservatives, really pro-police, pro-military, all of the things that they've always hated, as we're changing because we see the facts they're changing in spite of the facts and embracing the things they rejected. This is not logical. It's just not logical. And it's, it's, it, it won't endure. And the further we get down this path, I really am beginning to understand the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return is the last line uh, of that Rudyard Kipling poem. And I'm beginning to really understand it. It doesn't just mean war. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to have some, somebody come in and just write everything. We're experiencing the terror and slaughter right now. We're experiencing it. How many people in this country now are living in fear that weren't living in fear 10 years ago? How many people who own a business in a town live in fear 
of what the police won't or will do, of what's happening outside of their streets. Anybody who says they're compassion, compassionate and they heard what Stu just read that's happening in Arizona, how do you claim compassion here? How is this compassionate? You are not helping the lowest. You're enriching the rich right now. You're not even, you're not helping the millionaires. You're helping the billionaires. You're empowering them. You're destroying so many lives that are living on the streets that are in the worst shape. And how are you doing that? By disregarding every known principle. There's a difference between facts. Facts can change. Principles don't change. There's something that man has found to be true over thousands of years. Back in just a minute with more. Every day, more and more people are discovering the wonders of putting relief factor. I'm sorry, uh, putting rough greens on their dog's food. I can tell you, I seen uh, what it uh, what it has done to my dog Uno. Used to be when you fed him, you had to stay there while he ate. You couldn't move. I mean, literally, could not move. It was like, I'm I'm, I'm a statue. I'm a statue. Shh. Don't don't walk in. Don't walk in. He'll stop. And if if. If he didn't want to eat, you would have to actually feed him in his end or he wouldn't eat. And the vet was always yelling at us going, you've got to feed him more. And we're like, he won't eat. That was the first thing that got me, I mean, married to Rough Greens. He eats. He loves it. Now, it's not a dog food. It's just a supplement. I don't know what it is, like sugar or something. I mean, except it's good for him. That it makes it taste good to them. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get your first bag free. It's really healthy for them. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. You just pay for shipping on the first bag. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck or 833-G-L-E-N-N-Glen33. 10 seconds, station ID. Wow. Uh, let's. Uh, did you see the president fall after his Air Force speech yesterday? I did. Yes. Feel bad. Uh, I, mean, I was going to say when you said, "Did you see the president fall?" You needed to get more specific. Yeah, the Air uh, Force. But yes, thing, yeah. the Air Force thing yesterday. I mean, it's just it's so bad. It is so bad. It's so bad. And like honestly, like I we say this stuff all the time. We feel bad for him, and it's it's embarrassing for the country. Uh, oh my we gosh, you look weak I on mean, the world stage. Really weak. We can't even stand on the world stage. Anymore, I know. Apparently. Literally, <laughs> literally. literally. Listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, cut ten. This is Biden in the Air Force speech yesterday before he fell. We're the only nation built on an idea that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all women and men are created equal, endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights. Life, liberty, pursuit, that's the organizing principle of America. Okay. First of all, that's not what it's well, It's life, liberty, said. and pursuit. And we've always talked about we yeah. get to just run after just, things. We're just pursuing. Um, we're yeah. in pursuit. Yeah. We're in hot pursuit. I'm um, nothing specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's really it's really bad. And I, He I does was, that every time on that line. Yeah. He's like, in pursuit of, you know it. You know it, of I course. Mean, yeah, because you apparently don't. Yeah, because he has done that several times. And, mm-hmm. and you look at this, and part of me was watching that yesterday and saying, like, even if you think he's somehow mentally able to do this job, right? Even if you think he's oh, yes. 
I don't I don't think he is. But like, I guess you're convincing yourself of that if you're a Democrat and attending on voting for the guy. Like what they're doing, just having him do normal political events is putting him in serious danger. Like when you're 81 years old and you fall like that and he may be able to make it through you this Break one. a hip and you die. You could break a hip, you could die. You, there are all sorts of things that, that could happen here. And they keep trotting him out there to try to lie to us and make us believe that he is physically capable of doing this. These basic things that most people are just able to do, he is not able to do. And when you get to that point, you've had elderly relatives, Glenn. Mm-hmm. You would never put them out walk, you know, shaking hands down a, a line every day no way. and walking long distances in front of cameras no way. and putting him on stage where he might trip. My dad does that on stage. My dad falls on stage like that. It's the last speech he makes. It certainly. is. I'm like, Dad, don't do this anymore. You can't do this anymore. Okay? I'm sorry, but you're not 40 you know, if speech was fine. It wasn't, but the speech was fine. Whatever. Right. But you can't be walking all over and doing all of these things. Let mom come out and take your arm. Yeah, and and they of course won't do that because they they care more about politics and power than this guy's life and his health. Truly really sad. It really is sad. I mean, if I need to bring up an example of that, let's go to Diane Feinstein, who is mesmerized oh by the fact that Kamala Harris would show up at the Senate which is something that is very basic of a function of the Senate, but she was mesmerized by it. She doesn't understand what she's voting for. She yeah, doesn't why know where is she, she is. Why is she here? Because she's, she's the vice president. She sits there. She's technically the head of the Senate. Yeah. Well, I, what do you mean, what is she? There? I mean, it's, it's disgraceful. And, and it, disgraceful. I mean, look at, look, up, look at the carnage here. Look at the carnage. From all the way from, you know, being for, you know, euthanasia, uh, abortion, the way they're treating Feinstein doesn't doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. The Trump, I mean, uh, Biden, he doesn't matter. Uh, The guy from Philadelphia, I mean, uh, uh, the senator from uh, Pennsylvania. Fetterman. Fetterman. He doesn't matter. They're just they destroy people. Mm -hmm. They just destroy people. That's not who we are as a people. We're or, we're or more <laughs> we're more than we are more than politics. The Glenn Beck program. Media just doesn't you know, they're just never out in the middle of the country. Um, I like comfort, I like durability. I like both of those things when they come together. Uh, especially when you really need something like a towel. You're drying yourself off with a towel. My pillow has brought the best pillow around uh, for a long time, but they have other products. Their latest offer that they have is on a six-piece towel set. They're made with USA cotton, extremely absorbent, yet soft and durable. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths, and typically retails for about $99.98. For a limited time, you can get a clearance, a whole set of these towels on clearance for 25 bucks. That's 70% savings on another great product from MyPillow. Six towel set, 25 bucks, machine washable, durable, come in multiple uh, sizes and styles. You can find them now, MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. You'll get the clearance price of 25 bucks on their towel set. It's not gonna last long. Enter the promo code Beck at checkout, MyPillow.com, promo code Beck. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn, the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn and save.
Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I just moved that to hour three because that's what we were discussing. You don't listen. No, we you did. Don't listen. We, we literally were discussing oh, that topic that you weren't listening to. Yeah, because I was busy moving because you didn't listen to me. This is the kind of... I can't wait for you to go on vacation. Well, <laughs> can you please leave early? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. You know where you should go? Where? You know, uh, Russia is a great place. <laughs> How about Ukraine? Mm. Uh, right now, uh, that would Bakhmut, be good. This time of year? Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, yeah. I might beautiful. go to Ukraine. for. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I am, but I'm not not saying it either. You know what? Go. Yeah. Go. See, why do you, you, should go why there? you, you should seem so flag waving on you that? You know what? There's a thing. There's a beautiful <laughs> area of, of Ukraine called the front lines. Just ask people <laughs> where to go. And they'll send you right a restaurant? There. Oh, it's like, kind of like a restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very the front lines. I'll write that down. Things are delivered to you there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big the meals rapidly are too. Yeah. yeah. Rapidly. Come in really and fast. you know what? Everything always comes in hot. There's never right. like a cold. Uh, right. By the <laughs> way, uh somebody uh, uh somebody that's just ordering up some more delicious dishes, you know, at the front line is mm-hmm. uh Lindsey Graham. Cut four, please. Oh, mm. We're going to cap spending at a level that we cannot expand the Navy. And in the same period of time, China's gonna go from three hundred and ten ships over a ten year period to four hundred and forty. Less money for the Marines, less money for the Army, less ships for the Navy at a time of great conflict. Not a penny in this bill to help Ukraine defeat Putin. Oh, don't They're going on the no. offensive as I speak. Oh, wow. And we need to send a clear message to Putin that when it comes to your invasion of Ukraine, we're going to support the Ukrainians to ensure your loss. Yeah. If we don't do that, mm-hmm. then we're going to Mass hysteria. Cats and dogs the living together. Out of the jaws of victory. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I'm so like, sick of these. You know what? I there is. A, I think the three of us are pretty hawkish. Pretty hawkish. Yeah. We, uh, you know, generally been in speaking. The past. Yeah. yeah. Been, been in the past. Mm, no. No, you, <laughs> you spent out of control. No, not another dime. Sorry. I know. Sorry. Why do you love? Why do you love Vladimir Putin? Why are you in favor of Russia? What are you a communist? Is that what you are? I mean, I that's what you're accused of if you don't fully support this war uh, for Ukraine. And the it, conversation is not another dime going to the military. They increased spending in this bill to the military. Yeah, oh, I know. No, no, no. But I know. I'm, I'm not I, saying. I'm not saying we crush our military. No. I'm saying. Uh, you know what? We should be taking care of our military over Ukraine's military. Yes. We we should be taking care of yes. business here before you do anything else. More infrastructure, more school loans being forgiven, whatever. Mm. Pay for the things that actually keep the lights on. Mm. That would be nice. And I, we should point out that we went through the last couple of weeks talking about this dumb debt ceiling bill. Talked to people like Chip Roy and Mike Lee, even Thomas Massey, about what was going uh, into this bill. And there was a Republican revolt at the last minute. And that revolt was about the fact that According to Republicans, we weren't spending enough money. That was the that was the opposition to the bill. We were not spending enough money. No, that's that's his wow. opposition he, to the bill. No, not Mike Lee's. Obviously, yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked mm. to Mike Lee on the air. Yeah. In case people maybe missed that, it's good good to note that that was not his. But the organized revolt against this yesterday was from people like Lindsey Graham and Roger Wicker, who, by the way, is coming up uh, for. Uh, a primary potential mm, here coming We should soon. remember that. Um, that we did not spend enough. That was the line. We didn't spend enough. 
Insane. That's not the Democrats' complaint over the bill. It's our complaint over the bill. If you think you're, you, of yourself as you a Republican, you know how. And, and and maybe I'm alone in maybe I'm alone in this, but sometimes I get a little frustrated because I think my kids are uh, ungrateful. <laughs> really? and, uh, yeah, no, yeah. no parents prob- ever said. Yeah, that I think it's just probably uh, me. Yeah. Um, but they're a little <laughs> ungrateful, and. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, let's say you go out and you, you do something and they say, what do you mean? Why aren't, what do you mean? Why aren't we doing this? Uh, cause it's expensive. And you're like, oh, you're going to find out what that and is really soon. Uh-huh. I feel like we are the parents with these ingrates in Washington and we've just let them spend and spend and spend. And we've raised these snotty, ungrateful children that just think money grows on trees. I'm tired of having the same conversation in my home and then have to turn around and tell it to our leadership in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things cost money. Where do you think you're getting that money? Well, we just we just get more money. Yeah, thank you, Mr. 13-year-old. It doesn't work that way. Mommy and Daddy have to work to pay those bills. It's just There's no concept of that in Congress. None. None. No concept whatsoever. They consider it their money. And that's why the Democrats, like Biden, treat uh, tax cuts as if it's a cut in their income. And it's a it's an expenditure, actually. Yes. They think that tax cuts are spending <laughs> because to them it is because yeah, our money. money is there. We've already sent it. They've yes. already sent it. We're already getting it. We planned yeah. on it forever. Right. Well, we planned on Social Security. How's that? Yeah. How's that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it is the you know, the uh, inmates are running the asylum. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm glad that there were 70 people that stood up in the house. That yeah, surprised me. I have not seen that. I don't even know if we saw yeah. that kind of stuff during the Tea Party. Did we? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Let's be know. clear, though. It, many of those may have done it because they knew the bill was going to pass anyway. And so yes. they were allowed to vote no because they needed to for their constituents. What needs to happen again for the millionth time is that all of those representatives need to govern from their own home district. Amen. Where they're surrounded by their constituents Thank every you. single day, and they hear from them there is, every day. We have been saying this since 2001. Yeah. Everybody, how do we protect the Capitol? How do we protect Congress? It's easy. Break it up. Yes. But everybody, we have the technology. Make put, them legislate from home. Yep. Put them in their own office. They mm-hmm. have to stay at home. Maybe they get together for a cocktail party Twice once every a year. F- you know, I was going to say once every five years. Oh, darn. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, maybe they get together for, you know, the State <clears throat> of the Union. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, because the, the people don't get to, if you will, lobby their own representative. Because they don't have uh, the lobbyist living in Washington with a big, huge, fancy building that takes these guys out to dinner all the time. Yeah. I want them in our own communities. I think it's the single best thing we could do to fix this country. It is. And we have, there's no reason. You know, the reason why they picked, uh, the reason why they picked Washington was because it's a swamp. 
mm-hmm. malaria. There were mosquitoes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to live there. Okay, it was a swamp. That's why our founders picked it because nobody would want to go back. Yeah. Can I uh, toss another one, another reform out there? Sure. Mm-hmm. Take your temperature on this. Have you followed the debate on potentially massively expanding the house? I think this is pretty interesting because the founders we've stopped. We've, we've stopped, stopped adjusting, ex- yes. right? For, we stopped adjusting we for population, space. right? So back in 1790, uh, we averaged one representative for every 33,000 people. Oh, wow. Currently, we're one uh, representative mm. at about 750,000 oh, okay. people. I thought it was 600,000. Oh, wow. Yes. Between, yeah, it's gone, it was 700,000 in 2018. Yeah. It's a little higher than that now. Soon now. Right. And so we really have lost that connection from representative to people. 33,000 is, I mean, it's still a large number, of course, but it's its a manageable, you'd know what mm-hmm. your voters really believe. They would be in your, uh, on your street. Yeah. You, you, they'd be, they, election time, they would mm-hmm. knock on your door. 33,000. Yeah. Like yep. you would have a real relationship with these people. And and that was really the, the idea back in the day. That's how it was supposed to work. Now we've let this thing expand. And I don't know that you're going to get, I mean, you'd have to, you know, you'd go, the, the increase would be really, really significant if we went back to 33,000. But even if we, you know, I'd doubled like do it, it or quadrupled the amount of people, you know, having 400 or 1600 people in the house not much of a difference as far as you know cost and i mean you have to there'd be some logistical concerns there you'd have to you'd have to solve but it would make people and going back to their districts would solve it completely uh but you know having this where you'd have people actually Mm. accountable to a manageable number of voters and constituents Mm. i think would make a big difference and it would be a lot harder to lobby them I mean, the more people you have there, the harder it is to lobby. You're, these people don't carry nearly as I'm much totally power. I'm totally for that. I, I think it's an interesting yeah, thing. I think I'm, I, I, you know, just based on yeah. what knowledge I have, based on what you just said, I think I'm for that. Yeah, I, I think so you know, too. And you don't have to spend any extra money because they're going to be operating in their office. Yeah. Well, if you did that, yes. If you did that, though, you wouldn't need necessarily to expand the number of them and you know, you know another change i want to another change i want to make i just want to go back you're what you're suggesting is we go back to the constitution mm-hmm. right so another thing i'd like to do is go back and put the supreme court back into the place that was built for them the basement of the capitol <laughs> okay i'm serious yeah. mm-hmm. i'm serious the the supreme court was just an afterthought uh, when they were designing yeah. the Capitol, they they didn't put chambers in because it was like, yeah, well, they're not that important. They are the least powerful of the three branches. OK, the least powerful. That's the way they're supposed to be. But Congress, which is supposed to be the most powerful, has made the judicial branch the most powerful. And who's responsible for that? That's FDR. Mm. He built them this palace. Mm. They moved out of the basement. They should go back to the basement. All they are mm-hmm. is just a bunch of clerks that are supposed to be going, uh, yeah, actually, you can't do that. Mm, yeah, you're going to have to reword this. Get, hey, guys, let me pound on the ceiling with a broom. Guys, you want to do this? You have to change it this way. That's what they're supposed to be. We've huh. just distorted this whole system. Yeah, it's true. The power, I mean, the imbalance is serious. This is what the Reigns Act was, was about as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking about, you know, taking power away from these unelected bureaucrats and these agencies and giving it back to Congress. Like, Congress seems to not want this power. 
because they don't want to deal with voters. They don't, they want to be able to say that they had nothing to do with it. And instead of that was the one thing I guess if you can criticize the founders on anything is they always assumed people would want to keep their power. And so there was a constant so, but co- that competition is a, between right. these. But that is the problem, though, also with the Supreme Court. They want their power, which makes people like John Roberts do things he knows isn't right. Mm. It's mm-hmm. why they are protesting in front of the in front of the justice's house, blatantly illegal, then threatening to kill them because they want them to acquiesce. Everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked. And nobody wants mm-hmm. to be condemned by half the country. So that's what they're th- that's what they're hearing. And we're not really doing anything. There's a theory going around that the reason why Roe versus Wade was overturned is because for the very first time they understood the right has had enough. They've had enough. And they stood up. So now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Before they were only afraid of one side. Now they knew we're serious. We're serious. And that's the only reason. That's one theory from a pretty credible source Mm. that that's what happened. Mm. You just have to stand up and say, no, we're going to we're going to rule the law here. We're going to live the law. Period. Not some popularity contest. All right. Back in a minute. Thank you, Pat. You're in next week, right? Yeah. Looking forward to it. I will be listening. Pat and Stu. Uh, doing the show. We've mm-hmm. got it next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Pat's got some solo days. I think we have Steve Dace for a day. Some really good fill-ins uh, for you. We can never live up to your high standards or whatever we're calling them these days, but it will be a lot of fun. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Real estate agents I trust.com. By the way, I was reading, I went through some old mail um, and I was reading the old letters between me and Don Imus. Oh, really? Yeah. And he told me, oh, I will sue you from the grave if you ever print those. <laughs> and I'm so bummed because I asked him, I said, please let me make a book of our correspondence because it is so, so funny and so mean. Funny. <laughs> My gosh, we were brutal to each <laughs> yeah. other. Uh, anyway, uh, real estate agents I trust. I'm a small business owner. And one of the things I do like about owning a business is when we can actually do something that helps people. That is the way uh, uh, capitalism is at its best. When a real capitalist shows up. He's not trying to say, how can I get rich? He's saying, what is it that people need that I can make their lives easier? Because then they'll beat a path to your door. Well, one of those things was, how do you pick a real estate agent? I've always had a problem with this. And I started working with the 500 best real estate agents and I was, I was voicing work for them and I got to know them. And these 500 best, this according to the Wall Street Journal, at least. And um, I started to get to know them, and I realized there are best practices. So I know what to ask for. I know what to look for now with an agent. So we put a company together, and all we do is recommend agents to you. And we put these people through the ringer. They don't work for me. We're just recommending. doesn't cost you anything. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. We'll steer you in the right direction. But I want you to do your own homework. Don't trust me or anybody else. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. When I heard uh, Glenn talk about American Giant, I I wanted to see for myself uh, 
if the clothing was really that good. And it's true. He's completely right on this. Everything I've worn is so well made. My wife had the same sort of thing when I started talking about it. You got to get some of the stuff. She did. She got some of their leggings. And she's like, this material is like material I've never felt before. It's because we just haven't, we're not used to good old American manufacturing anymore. Uh, 13 years ago, American Giant rescued a clothing factory in North Carolina that was going to shut down. They wanted to show that Americans could still manufacture clothing and make it better than the cheap stuff that comes from overseas. Back in the 1960s, 95% of clothing Americans bought was made right here in America. Now, it's the exact opposite. It's like 97% made overseas. American Giant is changing that one piece of clothing at a time. The fantastic hoodies. I was just wearing a t-shirt from American Giant yesterday. And you're just like, gosh, you just notice the difference, even in a t-shirt. Yeah, I know. It really it's is amazing. amazing. It really it's is amazing. amazing. They do a great job. And if you have... If you have a dad, you got a Father's Day situation coming up uh, here, what a great place to go to, American Giant. You're helping the country, and you're going to give your dad something they're really going to like. For Father's Day, let your dad know he's an American Giant. It's clothing that will last so long it gets passed on from generation to generation. Buy American today at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Use Glenn's name for 20% off. It's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I am so excited to have uh, our next guy. I've waited for weeks for her. Um, her name is Mary Harrington, and I found her a few weeks ago. She's from England, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm just going to quote her. This is the, uh, this is going to be a fascinating conversation. She wrote, and I quote: "15 years ago, I was living in a queer commune." And calling myself Sebastian, I spent hours on message boards angrily defending queer theory belief that gender is a performance. Now you are canceled for being honest about sex. Uh, she now says she's against progress. She's no longer Sebastian. Her name is Mary. And she is dirt strong very well thought out individual i can't wait to hear about the journey and i've heard some of her views on what to do and i i think you're gonna love hour two of the podcast the glenn back program i want to talk to you about uh, american giant Stu is just talking about american giant a minute ago and he was talking about my pillow. We got off the air, and he was like, "You know, I'm I'm wearing those slippers. That you what you're saying about them is true." Yeah. <laughs> Every really? once in a while, I realize that you say things that I... are actually true. Uh, American Giant was a huge one. Because Same thing. I had never had one of their hoodies before, and you're like, "You got to get one of these hoodies. They're incredible." Oh. And I, I like hoodies. I no, got a I know bunch you. of them, and uh, nothing like that. Nothing like this. This one. is the way. Those were the hoodies and the sweat. Have you had? Do you have their sweatshirts yet? Uh, they are the sweatshirts I that I grew up. They were just. I... You oh, like so that's high. the way champion used to be champion mm. sweatshirts suck. Now, if you remember the real right, ones, right, right. they sold all those machines well, they were in Japan and all of the skill to make them gone. It's American giant that brought those machines back and then fixed them, got them running for modern era. 
and then trained people in the factory. And it's it's really the way we made them in the 1960s when they were unstoppable. You notice the difference yeah. in a big way. American financing. Hey, Dad's uh, Day is coming up. American-giant.com slash Glenn. American-giant.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Save 20% right now. American-giant.com slash Glenn. America. Welcome to the program. It is Friday. Uh, I found uh, this woman giving a talk on, I don't know, YouTube or something about a month ago, and I'm so excited to have her on. I think she's brilliant. You are going to love her. Uh, And I think, at least what I like, I like people who have changed. Tell me your story on how you changed and how you came to what you believe. That's why I think we all need to talk to each other, even if we disagree with each other, because I'm going to learn something from you on how did you get there? Wait to hear this woman's story. So <laughs> this is so fantastic. She wrote, and I quote, 15 years ago, I was living in a queer commune commune and calling and calling myself Sebastian. I spent hours on message boards angrily defending the queer theory belief that gender is a performance. She didn't believe any of those things now. In fact, uh, she says she's against progress. Uh, Her feminism is not the feminism that you're seeing now. In fact, she actually believes the pill was the first step to transhumanism. You're going to love Mary. She's on in 60 seconds. So summer's here, and that means it's time to beat the heat with Blinds.com. Right now, you can save 45% on selected products. Your home is going to look a lot better once you got new window treatments from Blinds.com. And this is the fastest and the easiest way for you to uh, change the feel of your home and spice it up. Blinds.com. Easiest way to make your windows look great, and you don't even have to install them if you don't want to. You just click installation at checkout. You can do it yourself if you want. You can get help with picking everything out if you want. It's free. The design experts, they're really good. Help you uh, decide the best selection. Tanya and I have used them, and I will tell you, at one point I picked out something, and she said, yeah, you really don't want that one. You, How about this one? It looks like it, but it's better. And I said, it's cheaper than the one i picked out and she's like "Uh uh-huh yeah it is and it's better i'm like how is this working you're talking me out of spending more money with your company i love that uh blinds.com save 45 percent now on selected products 45 percent off selected products right now at blinds.com rules and restrictions do apply 
the contributing editor for Unheard. She is the author of Feminism Against Progress. She used to be known as Sebastian. Her name is Mary Harrington. Welcome, Mary. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I, I am good. I, 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 I don't even remember where you were speaking, but I, I saw a clip of you online, and you are ju- you're very clear and clarified, uh, and uh, you have a lot of fans uh, in my producing staff as well. So thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure to be here. So <clears throat> I, I started with what you, what you said 15 years ago. I was living in a queer commune, calling myself Sebastian, spent hours on the message boards angrily defending the queer theory belief that gender is a performance. Now you are being canceled for being honest about the differences between uh, male and female. Why are you no longer mm-hmm. Sebastian? What happened? <laughs> well, as it, it, was kind of a, it was kind of a thought experiment, changing my name to Sebastian. I wanted to see what it would be like. And it turned out that I just didn't really like it very much. Um, I didn't like, it felt, it felt like I, it felt too big of an ask in the end to, to say to my friends, to say to my family more than anything, that I, you, this name that you've known me by and this person who you always thought I was, that's not who I am anymore and I want you to call me something different. I just felt like I, I didn't have the right to ask that. And it honestly just made me uncomfortable. I know that there are there are people who don't take that. There are a great many more people who don't take that view now. But but that was that was just where I got to with it. And also, I just didn't really want to be a dude. You know, I kind of <laughs> I felt I wasn't really sure I wasn't really sure that I wanted to be a woman at the time because it seemed that seemed to come with a whole lot of downsides. Um, but as, as it, I, it was kind of an it was an experiment to see what it felt like. And then in the end, I. I I, I, I backtracked. I walked back Sebastian fairly quickly and went by Sebastian Mary for a while, which I still mm. kind of like. I mean, <laughs> Sebastian Mary has a nice feel to it. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, I wore my hair short and I, I wore, you know, whatever whatever clothes I wore. And I was kind of a, um, I, I was experimental about everything when I was 20 so, something, as so many people are, I guess. But then in, in the end, I fell off the wagon. I just, I just realized it wasn't, it just wasn't making me happy. And you know, I don't know. I don't think I figured that out. It wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, actually, this all sucks and I'm going to become a reactionary. It didn't happen that quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it, was, it was like, um, like my whole life sort of fell apart in 2008 because the startup I was, I founded came to pieces and it was partly my fault. And I ended up just, I lost my whole circle of friends. It's like, I don't know if you've ever had a business fail underneath you, but it's like getting divorced. Oh yeah. Work. No, it really messes with your mind. Yeah. But it's the bet when, uh, when you fail in whatever, it's the only time you eventually look back and say, that's when I really grew. So if you can it make was, it through it. I mean, it was a, it was a world changing, just a properly life changing moment for me because it, it really threw into relief a lot of the things which I, a lot of the beliefs that I based what I was doing on. And a lot of those beliefs really were, I, I guess you would call them woke now, although that wasn't what they were called then, but I was pretty woke about everything. And I really kind of followed through on all of it. You know, I just didn't really want, I didn't really want any hierarchy or any boundaries or any, any structure to anything really. And that, inevitably that meant I had a very anarchic, unstructured, unboundaried life, which is just not very nice, especially as you get older. So and I began to realize I was lonely and I was, and you know, I was getting older and I still, I was still, I still had no money and I didn't really know where I was going to be living from one, one year to the next. And it just wasn't very nice. And, in, and it, it was, it was sheer luck really that, I mean, I remember my grandmother 
gave me some advice. We were very close. She was a wonderful, very wise woman, my grandmother. Um, she'd been a farmer and a doctor, and uh, she was pretty tough. Um, and she looked at me one day when I went to visit her, and she said, you know what, Mary, I think you should grow your hair and get married. And I was like, whoa, because at the time I wore my hair extremely short, and I was living in queer communes and just really a very, very, very some distance from getting growing my hair and getting married. But I, think, I guess it must have stuck in my mind, because as it turned out, it was really good advice. <laughs> That's, so, um, so, yeah, wait, as, so wait, as, you... it, as it turns out, look, looking normal gives you a lot more freedom to be whoever you are. Um, and being married, actually, as it turns out, gave me a, great, a lot more freedom to be who so, I am. So that is my uh, discovery with um, religion when it is understood and put in its proper place. Um, that, you know, for me, I, there is my relationship with God. And then there's my religion, which I choose uh, that has the framework that helps me be a better person. And for me, the um, a more uh, structured system, the better for me, because I have found now that uh, freedom really can come from just playing by the rules. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot easier. But they would some people would say that that's you're selling out to the system. Well, I don't know. I think it's it, it's just much more that it's very difficult to be creative if you don't have any boundaries. I mean, I'll give you a very recent example. It's a very very tiny example. You know, there are a whole lot, there are lots of there, there are lots of people, particularly women, who who are afraid that if they if they have kids, they'll end up tied down and they won't be able to do anything self-expressive, right? But so so I have I only have one child because I started fairly late. And my husband, I had to work, it's half term, which is a week of school holidays at the moment here. Mm. And at the beginning of the week, my husband took our daughter up to visit the in-laws. I had to stay, I had to stay here and work. And I thought, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll get all of my work done in one day and then I'll do whatever the next day or I'll do a whole load of other things. And as it turned out, I did not get all of my work done in one day. I did exactly the same amount of work, Glenn, as I would have done if I'd been working during school hours. I just spent the rest of the time faffing around. <laughs> um, as it turns out... <laughs> As it turns out, the, the boundary, you know, although sometimes I think, ah, oh, I have to, I have to, I'm in the middle of something. I don't want to have to put it down to, to go and collect my daughter and do bum stuff. But as it turns out, if I don't have that boundary, I don't get any more done. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm just wandering around feeling bored and lonely. And, and, what, and it really took me back to being 25 and having no constraints on my time and just not really getting a whole lot done. And it made me realize that actually the, 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 the constraints, which I, the beneficial you know, healthy, life-giving, life-affirming and loving constraints that my family imposes on me. They're not an, they're not an obstacle to my creative work now. They're, 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 the, they're its basic enabling condition. And I can't do anything that I do without, without that. So, Mary, we have... So, we have and I suppose <clears throat> you could generalize that to a faith as well. You know, you put those constraints on yourself and they, they allow you to flourish. I think that's, that's very true. We have... We see things now, I think, as a choice. And, and when... My mom and dad got married in the 1950s and my mom was, you know, in her 20s and early 20s. And so when the 60s came around, she was too uh, old for the burn your bra thing. Uh, she was not of the hippie generation, but she also didn't want to be a part of the the 1950s stay at home. She was very creative, uh, everything else. And she <clears throat> she ended up uh in suicide and um and massive drug abuse because people doctors used to write prescriptions oh you're sad okay take this you'll be fine um and 
I, I think that's the way we look at things. It's either hmm. you are, you can do everything. A ma- you're, you're, you are a man if you want to be, or you're going to be taking Valium at home with the kids and you've got no life except this, uh, you know, uh, slavery kind of housewife kind of life. It's that those are both bogus, aren't they? Uh huh. Well, I mean, I've 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 never met a stay-at-home mum who just spends all of her time like vacuuming and and making <laughs> dinners. You know, they. I've, uh, these, those women don't. I mean, if they exist, I've never. Maybe they exist. I don't know, Glenn, but I've never met one. Yeah, the stay-at-home mums who I know, they they organise groups. They. They they get to, they they hang out with one another you know they 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 all they get stuff done I mean back in the nineteenth century um, in bourgeois bourgeois housewives were pretty much around the world I mean there's a, there's an amazing history my my great friend Erica Bakayoki recently wrote a history of the of women's organizing in nineteenth century America and just how extensive and how networked and how effective these women were mm-hmm. at, uh, at bringing about social change you know on a huge range of huge range of important issues and a lot of them had you know they were issues of faith or they were issues of temperance or they were issues of you know the, the looking looking after the poor or the needy or whatever mm-hmm. you know these are women who got things done and the fact that they weren't drawing a salary directly for doing it was neither here nor there. You know, there are there are a great many more ways to be be a part of the larger the larger social fabric than than just kind of turning up in an office and drawing down a salary. And I think there's something there's something very limited and very um, very narrow minded about thinking about it, thinking about it in that way. So, and I think there's you know it's a it's a tough it's a tough time now, especially for those women who really do want to be mothers, because a lot of them a lot of them end up having to work more than they would like to because that flexibility just isn't there. And I can think of a great many women who bite your arm off at the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom or even just to work a bit more flexibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, and we've ended or up it, with, it, with less choice in some other ways. I think also just to not be looked down on. I mean, I, uh-huh. I think one of the worst things that, uh, that women say, um, I'm just a housewife. I'm just a mom. Oh, yeah. What do you mean you're just a mom? What does that mean? Yeah. And that's because and else, we look down on it. What you say? I've been a stay-at-home mum, and, and every stay-at-home mum I've ever met, including me, will recognize the, that you go to a party and somebody asks, so what do you do? And you say, well, I'm a mum. And you can see they're already looking over your shoulder for somebody more interesting to talk to. It happens. Uh, every every stay-at-home mum I've ever met will recognize that. But I'll tell you something else. You get it worse from liberals than you do from conservatives. You're much more likely in in, in, a, in a relatively conservative circle of people to to have to have the work that you do acknowledged and respected and and, and responded to in a respectful way than you are amongst progressives. No matter how much lip service they pay to liberalism and to women having choice. In fact, well, the reality is that in that in terms of that moral hierarchy, um, the choice the choice to be a mum is nowhere. Uh, when we come back, I need to take one minute break. When we come back, um, Mary, I want you to talk about the feminism of care and the feminism of freedom, what the difference is between, and also cyborg f- uh, feminism. Uh, coming up in just a second, her name is Mary Harrington. The uh, book that she has written is Feminism Against Progress, uh, and you can find her on her website, reactionaryfeminist.com. Uh, you know that I am a uh, voracious uh, history collector. 
and I am trying to preserve our Western history, the, the things that we did, both good and bad. And it is really important. When I did my family uh, genealogy, I got back into the, just the 1800s, and it changed my life because I realized I found my great-great-grandfather and my great-great-uncle had both served in the Union Army, and one of them died uh, in Andersonville Prison. And if you know anything about it, it's practically Auschwitz, the American Auschwitz. Uh, one of them died in that camp, and the other one barely survived and was never the same. And it makes a difference, to me at least, in my life. I know that I came from strong people that could handle things. Uh, I know that they were on the right side at least that time. Uh, and it's meaningful. I collect history for our country and preserve it for generations to come. But people dismiss their own history. You are the historian for your family. You've got to preserve all of the old videotapes, audio tapes, pictures, all the old pre-digital formats, you know, that you used to use to store memories on. Those things are all going away. Magnetic tape is really only supposed to last about 10 years. Look at the old pictures. They're already fading. You've got to digitize them. And that's where Legacy Box comes in. Legacy Box. For a limited time, get started on future-proofing your past and take advantage of an exclusive discount at LegacyBox.com slash Beck. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. So you know, I, I not only do this for my own family history, but Legacy Box is helping us preserve some uh, pictures from the late 1800s. Uh, and I trust them to do that. So LegacyBox.com, you can trust them with your stuff. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. So, um, Mary, uh, first of all, let me ask you, feminism of care, feminism of freedom, what is the difference and... And how does this history tie into what you call cyborg feminism? So really, the, the big story here that I'm trying to tell is how feminism ended up happening at all. Why it's not, it's not just about progress in some kind of abstract sense, like we used to be bad people and now we're good people. That's not really a thing. Um, you know, things, some things get better, some things get worse, right? It just depends on where you're standing and how you're looking at it. But if, if you're not looking at, if you're not think, seeing feminism as evidence of us just getting better, then why is it happening? And, and this, so I kind of went down a rabbit hole trying to figure out, you know, if, if I don't believe in progress, as I don't, um, why, why, is, why did this happen at all? And I, I came to realize that feminism happened. You know, it, it had to happen. It, and it was women's response to how family life changed with, with the Industrial Revolution. And it was, it was a good and it was right and proper that women did respond. Um, because, the, well, one of, the, one of the most important ways that the Industrial Revolution changed things for women um, was, that it, was that work left the home. And when that happened, um, a whole, like previously in, in the medieval era, men and women both worked. I mean, this, this would have been true in oh, yeah. pioneer households in the United States as well. You know, it wasn't, right. it wasn't that women were just sat around filing their nails while the guys did everything. Um, you know, the, the women were pretty tough. You know, it was hard physical work and they might have done different work to, to men, um, but they would have been processing raw materials. They'd have been, you know, slaughtering poultry and making cheese or making fabric 
or making clothes for the family. You know, women yeah. women worked as hard as men. I and think so they, I, in some ways harder. I, I remember my grandmother, what it took just to do the wash. And that was it with one exactly, of the first exactly. washing machines. It was still tough. Right, right exactly. Exactly. It's a, a lot of incredibly hard work. So men and women, women men and women all worked, except in the very richest households. Um, and uh, but it, but when the industrial when industrial industrialization happened, um, a whole lot of f- the first work, a lot of the work to be the first to be industrialized was the work that had previously been women's work. So textile making mm-hmm. stopped being something that you did while you were talking to your sisters and your cousins with kids underfoot inside the home, and it became something that happened in a big dangerous factory twelve miles away. And so you know you might still be working in textile making, but you can't do that and look after your kids. And then you have the question of what you're going to do with the kids. So, so there's a whole load of questions, the whole load of, of problems, really, that this throws up for women that they've got to deal with. You know, if you're if you're breastfeeding, can you can you still work? And this just wasn't this wasn't really a question before when work was something that happened inside the home. And, and women responded to this in two. I mean, it, it's very it, it varies a lot depending on where you are. And in Europe, it's different to the United States, and it happens at different times. Industrialization, but broadly speaking, women responded in two characteristic ways um where it was where it was affordable for them to for them not to work um they, they chose to do so and to look after the kids instead because they rec- women recognize that you know kids still need looking after um and and among those mostly middle class women um, there was a huge amount of writing and um organizing that went into making sure people understood that this was still this still mattered but it wasn't, right. you know, it wasn't directly economically productive, but this was still important. And this is more recently, feminist historiographers have, have called this, you know, they, they tend to treat this as kind of um, false, patriarchal false consciousness, if you like. Hold on, hold on just a second, Mary. Hold on, we got to take a quick break. Back in just a second with the reactionary feminist. The Glenn Beck Program. You and I are getting older every single day. One of the things that comes with getting older is aches and pains. Joints start to wear down. Normal exercise of everyday life began to catch up. You don't bounce back just as fast. Um, And we also, all of us, a lot of it is because of the food we eat and the things we do. Um, But we have inflammation in our bodies. And inflammation is the main cause of disease, the main cause of, uh, of pain in our bodies. Just went to the doctor recently, and he was doing a blood test, and he said, your inflammation is, like, gone. Um, and I said, I'm taking relief factor, because that's what it does. And not only is my inflammation in my body gone, <clears throat> I also um, don't have pain. I mean, I have, you know, usual stuff, but it's all, like, livable, where before I couldn't function with the pain, and I tried relief factor i didn't think it would work for me you may not think it works for you but they just say try it for three weeks if it's not working in three weeks if you're taking it as directed it's not going to work for you but 70 percent of the people go on to order more month after month i'm one of them call 800 the number four relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com head over to blaze tv.com slash glenn and subscribe today use the promo code glenn and save
talking to Mary Harrington, uh, who believes the feminism of freedom and the feminism of care are the twin poles of the women's movement from the mid uh, to late 18th century onward. She says feminism of freedom and the feminism of care uh, started really kind of going to war with each other because women were rightly quite conflicted. We need more freedom of movement. This new world seems premised on the idea that everyone is a free individual and we can be our own self in the market. That's what freedom is. Why can't we have that? Then, of course, you had the other side because we're women and we're mothers. We have children. You have a baby. You have a six-year-old. We know what it's like to be needed. So women argued from that experience of motherhood, it's not so simple. We need to have this recognized and taken into account. She says the feminist of freedom won out over the feminism of care when contraception and abortion were legalized. This is where we get the uh, the the cyborg or uh, transhumanism. Mary joins us again. Mary, can you take us through that that part of this? Sure. I mean, my argument is essentially that feminism as such ended in the 1960s and that we should think of the sexual revolution, not as the sexual revolution, but the transhumanist revolution. Now, we are 50 years and more in and counting into the transhumanist revolution. And that what marches under the banner of feminism now is more, we should, we should think of it more as a kind of libertarianism of the body, which is to say a, a, a belief that we should be free to do whatever we want with our bodies and we should be constrained in no way by any, any aspect of our bodies, including our sex, um, including whether we're born male or female. That should not right. limit us in any way at all. Yeah, I was just talking to a, a really brilliant uh, guy yesterday, uh, Spencer Clavin, and he said, um, uh, trans people is really the the beginning of the end because uh, it's going that's all transhumanism you control yeah, all, with technology you control absolutely what you are. absolutely and that began with the contraceptive pill because if you think about it the pill was the first medical technology that didn't set out to fix something that was broken like if i broke my wrist then oh, I, need, I go see a doctor, the doctor gives me pain meds and splints my arm and I, I am, I'm better again. But that assumes like, and, but, but what the pill does is the opposite of that, or at least it's, it's very different to that. The pill breaks something which is working just fine, which is normal female fertility. Um, in the, in, and it does so in the name of personal freedom. It does, so, it does so in order to grant women the freedom to have sex without, without dealing with un, unexpected pregnancies or undesired pregnancies, I should say. You know, a pregnancy under those circumstances, you know, if you have sex, you, you should expect normally to get pregnant. Um, and, and the pill, but the pill breaks that, and it does so in the name of freedom. And there have been lots of benefits to that. You know, it's, it, allowed, it allowed a huge number of women to, to plan their lives in a way which hadn't been easily possible before. So lots right. of women went to college and got jobs. And I, I, I mean, I, I participated in public life in a way which was much more difficult previously. But it also came with some, with, with some unexpected costs. I mean, my great friend Louise Perry has written has, has written a great deal about the downsides of the sexual revolution for women. Um, but one of the one of the unexpected effects of the pill was that it didn't it didn't prevent unexpected pregnancies nearly as much as people thought it would, because what although fewer pregnancies were happening relative to the number of people who were having sex, there were so many pe- more people having casual sex because they could, essentially, that the absolute number of unplanned pregnancies went up. And that created a pressure to legalize abortion. 
Um, and I mean, we've been talking about the feminism of freedom and the feminism of care. And, you know, one a, a bunch of women who, who wanted to say women's interests are about um, our relationships and our bodies and our children and our families. And another bunch of freedom who are saying women's interests are about defending our right to do whatever we want to do, just on the same terms as men. So that's very crudely the two, the two sides of that argument. And it's very different. You know, wherever you stand on abortion, it's very hard to think of a clearer way of saying freedom matters more than care than to say my freedom is so important that I will defend it even at the cost of a potential human life. So that's totally reliant on my body. Let me go to um, the trans uh, argument that is being happen is happening all over the world right now. Um, And I think we are uh, ahead of you or behind you, I guess, because I think you guys are actually starting to come out of this already. Um, And, you know, turfs, are just a horrible thing. Uh, however, it seems as though, and I think this really is in large part due to you, that the TERFs are winning in uh, Great Britain. Is that true? And, and what did you do to change the tide over there that America can do? Well, it's, I mean, it depends... We've, we've definitely, we've had some successes. That's definitely true. I'm, I'm a long way from declaring it a victory. Right. I think I'd be a little bit like George Bush when he was standing there on that, on that <laughs> ship saying, saying right. we won, we won, guys, we can all go home. Um, I think it's, a little, it's, it's too early to say that we've won and we really are just into the foothills of something here. Um, but if there's, if there's something that the turfs did, I mean, it, the, the British situation is very different to the American one anyway because it culturally we're just kind of I think we're just more pessimistic in Britain about about being who being who you want to be. Right? You know, that's that's pretty right. that's pretty baked into the American way of looking at things yes. that, that people should be able to be who they want to be. Correct. And so I can see like it, it, that that and that plugs fairly obviously into into what's going on with the trans thing. Like why why shouldn't these people be who they want to be, even if that means imagining their bodies are meat Legos and they can re- rearrange them as they as they want. <laughs> Um, and, and I think I think Brits are just a little bit more pessimistic about that. We're also better organised because we had Mumsnet, which is it's a discussion forum for for mums. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the very early organising um, to to push back against gender ideology began on Mumsnet and has since spun out into into campaigning institutions. And I think if there have been if there have been concrete successes in Britain. Um, it's been in realizing that actually where the battle is fought is not it's not in the media culture war. That that stuff is noisy, but it doesn't really do very much. It doesn't move the needle. And actually, what you need to do is build institutions, and you need to lean on the levers of power, which are which are NGOs these days. You know, most most real power flows through flows through NGOs and happens prior to voting in the world mm. as it is now. And I think in as much, I mean, I, I, I don't track American politics super closely, but, you know, in as well, where, where things cross my radar that look as though they're moving the needle in a similar way, it's, for example, the Mums for Liberty movement on school choice, mm-hmm. um, which, which to me has some of the same character, I mean, with, with American characteristics and much more and American style, um, slightly different priorities. But I see, I see that as being, you know, they're, they're, getting, they're getting their members on school boards. And they're and they're leaning on the actual levers of power. They aren't just they aren't just writing angry think pieces and then looking surprised when nothing changes. They're they're showing up and they're and they're doing politics. And as a result, they're you know they it's it's not you know they're they're moving the needle. And that's that. And I guess that's that's how it has to work. Um, you know, if you're going to if if you want to affect change, you have to show right. up. Are you? Um, uh, and, and you have to show up where it matters. We we are seeing things. You know. 
gender mutilation on children and everything else. And we are behind you on you are having more success of stopping that over in uh, Great Britain than we are. Um, uh, but people are waking up. But it, it is it's absolute evil. What is what is happening right now? Um, are you are you uh, optimistic or pessimistic uh, here on how this all works out? We in for a very yeah. long battle, or we lose? It's or... going to be a bumpy ride. I think it's yeah. going to be a bumpy ride, and it, honestly, I think it's going to be a bit of both. To be honest, I, I think the turfs will win on on pediatric gender. I think what a friend of mine calls it um, genital lobotomies. I don't think I mm. think that will that will stop because the because the negative side effects are so obvious, and sooner or later there's just going to be such a cascade of losses. that it's going to, and, and so many, you know, the, the number of the number of brutalized adults who just who are brutalized, angry young adults will just get so big that it will stop. Um, but I think that the, if you if you view the gender movement as a kind of spearhead for a wider transhumanist, um, you know, the, the, the onward march of biotech into yeah. our bodies, um, I think if, if we imagine that it, if, if, we, if we claim victory just because they stop doing gender lobotomies on children, then when we're not paying attention yes. because you know, the, the, stuff, the stuff which is coming down the line is in vitro gametogenesis and three parents, three parent embryos. And, you know, there are experimental surgeries which, which splice people with bits of animal and genetically engineering pigs so that they can grow human organs for the transplant industry and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, it just gets more and more baroque and more and more disturbing. And, and, and that's, yeah. And, and it's, very, it's very easy to argue the, the conservative case against creating monsters, but it's very much harder to argue the conservative case against creating supermen. And I think that's, a, that's an argument which we, which we haven't even begun to have yet. No. And people are already trying to do it. Mary, thank you so much for everything. Say hi to Sebastian if you ever see him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Mary Harrington, uh, the book that she wrote is Feminism Against Progress. Um, and she is a contributing editor for, the, uh, for Unheard. And you can follow her at reactionaryfeminist.com. Uh, she is absolutely right. The last things that she was talking about, and this is something I've been, I've been saying for a, a long time, more probably off the air than on the air. There are conversations that we have to have right now. Um, we, we, we are going to be facing some of the biggest questions man has ever, you know, we've always said, you know, well, what is life? Well, that's been more kind of academic um, but it's not going to be academic very soon when you can transform people and make them into a cyborg. Uh, is that a good thing? A bad thing? What should we be doing? What, what, what does it mean to be organic? These things, people don't have any idea that is why when she said the pill is the beginning of transhumanism she's right she's right um there are things that we should uh we we must be talking about right now because we're fighting uh almost a campfire with this trans stuff this is almost a campfire compared to what is coming in probably the next three to five years more in a minute summer is here that means it is time to fire up the grill and when i throw a set of steaks or burgers on i want them to be the best quality for my family and i don't mean just taste 
I want what comes from my table to come from an American farm or a ranch. Call me old-fashioned, but I don't want an ear. Chinese meat. Now, 85% of grass-fed uh, grass beef is imported from overseas. 85%. So when you see that little sticker, product of USA, it doesn't mean that that cow grew up uh, here. And it just means it was finally sliced into steaks here. Really, that's it. That's the loophole. Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to Americans in need uh, for every box that is ordered. So when you order a box, 10 meals are going to people who can't afford it. That you're doing good. You're going to lock in your price. And believe me, the price of meat is going to go up. So lock in your price now at GoodRanchers.com. You get $30 off of any box right now as well. And it's all from America. There's nothing, There's no downside here. It is all upside. GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 30%, uh, $30 off your first box at GoodRanchers.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so uh, Mitt Romney has just come out uh, and said, you know, he's tired, sick and tired of these extremists. There are people who want to make noise, and then there are people who want to make law. Really? Is that what it is? Because I'm not about making noise for the sake of noise. It's about making noise out of sincere desire to highlight grave misunderstandings about a major defect in the law that you are making. It doesn't do what you say it does. So far-right noisemaker, you can say, what well, I don't care. I've been called much, much worse. But that is just noise. Calling me just a noisemaker is just noise designed to disguise your disregard for the harms which you're subjecting all of us to. My children are going to pay for your mistake. It's indefensible. I just got an. Uh, I just got a. Uh, I just got an email from Mike Lee. He says effective opposition to the move toward out of control, unconstitutional government will re- remain limited in its effectiveness as long as anyone signaling alarm is dismissed as fringe far right fanatic. And yet both of our political parties, the entire news media establishment and our education system does exactly that. Consequently, all of the wrong things and the wrong people are alternately praised or relentlessly attacked, depending on whether they advocate advancing or retreating from the march toward out of control government untethered from the Constitution. He is right. And it's the first time I've heard really somebody stated eloquently, it's both sides. Now, if I'm a noisemaker just to make noise, why would I be saying it's on both sides? Why uh, wouldn't, wouldn't I just be trying to get my guys elected, go team go? I'm looking for people who will protect 
protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. I'm looking for somebody that will not spend us into oblivion and make my children slaves to a debt that is they will never pay off. In America, that debt is not going away. Do you think anyone will forgive our debt? Anyone will forgive our debt? No, they will take our land. They will take our resources, but they will not forgive our debt. Where are the people in Washington that understand? I don't I didn't send you there to make laws. I sent you there to protect the Constitution and all of this. All of this destroys the Constitution. All of this game playing, all of these shell games that are in all of these laws that you pass. Say what you mean, mean what you say. And let's please get our spending under control. We'll remember you at election the Glenn time. Back program. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, you sick freak. Welcome to the uh, program. It is Friday. There is so much news that is out today, but this is my last hour before vacation. So I'm going to get to very little of it, uh, but I put it all out in our in our uh, uh a free email newsletter today there's a lot of stuff that you do need to pay attention to we'll hit some of that stuff and my wife wasn't really happy with me yesterday uh when she came in the door with a target bag and i i'm hoping i'm not the only person that is going through this because i'm struggling a little bit because she's struggling a little bit Happy wife, happy life. You know what they say. She's not real happy right now. Anyway, uh, we'll get into that here in just a second. First, let me tell you about American financing. Federal Reserve has continued to increase interest rates, looking like they're going to do it again. What? Why? Because the government is spending so much money. You want to fight inflation. They have got to stop spending money. And we have to pay for the low interest rates of the past. But it's not going to happen. To the moon, Alice! To the moon! Here's the thing American financing can do for you. They specialize helping people just like you get out from uh, under high interest debts and find some freedom and breathing space. Right now, they're saving people just like you an average of $700 a month. Now... Well, if you have your own home, you might want to consider bringing, you know, your uh, high credit card bills that have really high interest and it's only going to get worse and bring them down and lock them in into the six range. 
That can be done, and American Financing are the people that could do it for you. Please find out if it's right for you. Call them now. Get all the information. No strings attached. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So I don't know... If you're experiencing this crisis, but it is becoming a crisis in uh, our society, uh, and it has a lot to do with, you know, affordable sheets with high thread count, um, uh, or better yet, one place where you can get absolutely everything. Uh, We're watching, I think men across the country are watching in horror as our wives, uh, moms, sisters, are reeling in in agony, in agony, and I think beginning to go through some withdrawals. Uh, I'm just uh, it's June June second, uh, June second. I know mm-hmm. I know people have been saying you got to do it all June, uh, and uh, and we we've been doing it since before that. So we're a little ahead, and I think some others are. But I came home uh, was it yesterday or the day before, uh, and uh, and I was home on it. Pretty, you know, good mood. My wife comes home because my son is graduating tomorrow. And then Saturday, we leave for vacation. And uh, we, we haven't really done it. No, I should say, I haven't really done anything about it because I'm trying to juggle everything here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she came in the door yesterday and she had a Target bag. And I went, Tanya. Uh-oh. And she just pointed across the room and kept moving. And she just pointed at me. I don't want to hear it. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And she's like, I have a thousand things going on. And I do not have time to run to six different stores. And it's not June yet. And I'm like, I think that is gr- I applaud yeah. you Woo. i applaud you sweetheart good for you take a stand uh or don't or, or don't, don't or don't no take a stand that you got too many things to do <laughs> or not whatever you want i'm with you so um now i'm not saying that i've kept a diary uh, but i'm not not saying that either um uh let's just say Bob's been keeping track. And uh, on day one, he wrote, over the course of this week, uh, I kept notes in my diary. It was not easy. Several times, my cover was nearly blown. My wife began the day optimistic, determined. She kept saying, I can do it. I can do it. For the sake of what is right, I can do it. And for a moment there, I thought this boycott was going to be kind of easy. I thought she'd you know, bounce into action and never look back. About noon on day one, she started to crack just a little bit. She looked at me and said, the only jeans that fit me properly are from Target. Where am I going to get my jeans? What will I do without my favorite jeans? And, uh, you know, I was, I, I, I think you look wonderful and nothing, were, this according to Bob, of course, and he sensed a change in day one Mm. uh one weird thing uh she has been speaking differently Uh, it's almost like a nervous tick uh random words come out at random times uh day one kissed her goodnight said i love you she said 
Uh, I love Lindt Lindor milk chocolate candy truffles. And I think that has something to do with Target, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> Day two, she began laughing today a lot and then abruptly stopping into a into a grimace that remind, reminded me of, you know, gargoyles a bit. You know, this is going to be a good thing. I, I, I really think it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing, you know, followed by a long-winded rant about how Satan tempted Jesus, and this is my temptation in the desert. Um, Later, I found her reading uh, her scriptures, Matthew 4, uh, while repeating 40 days of this. I'm not, I'm not, she tried to go to Walmart, made it about 10 feet into the store. Uh, She sped home and took a shower for 45 minutes. Day three, have you seen The Shining? Uh, the way Jack Nicholson slowly becomes unhinged, uh, it's beginning to feel like that on day three uh, at the house. Several times, I caught her petting uh, picture frames. When I when I asked if everything was okay, she said, "I, I can find I can find gallery f- frames for an excellent price anywhere." You know, <laughs> think of the frames. Uh, later, I caught her uh, uh, piling bath bombs uh, onto her side of the bed. Uh, I, I, I said, uh, honey, what, what are those uh, for? And her answer was a little terrifying. Uh, I, I can't really remember. I, I, only something about the onslaught of a war of sparkles and T-rows. So I, I don't know what that means. And I didn't ask. Day four, the shakes have begun. Confusion has overtaken her eyes. Every couple of minutes, she gasps, then looks around, face full of panic, and says, where will I find oversized blouses? Uh, and gasp again. What if somebody has a birthday? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? What if there's a birthday? Day five, midway through lunch, she shrieked, realizing she was uh, she was only seven remaining uh, decorative pillows away from uh, a- an empty uh, bed top. Uh, our day somehow got worse when news broke that uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines had just released their new candle trough. That was that was day five, didn't it? Day six, the rations have vanished. The boycott now has begun to affect the family's food supply just a little bit. Uh, this morning, uh, you know, I uh, do we have any milk? And my my wife whispered, don't you know where the milk comes from? Don't you know where I get the milk? And I said, I don't need any milk. I Milk? What milk? Uh, she was uh, almost out of Meyer's soap, uh, nearly caved when the revelation kicked in that she might have to go to Walmart. Um, and then they, they only carry soft soap and dub uh, from, from what I now know to be true. Uh, to make matters worse, Target had just released their new Myers Fall scents, including but not limited to pumpkin spice, which if you don't have pumpkin spice Myers soap, who are you really? Then things really spiraled when she needed to pick up a Starbucks uh, honey flat white <laughs> and some new laundry detergent uh, for the first time uh, in a long time. <clears throat> this was going to require two stops, and those two stops did not make her happy. At bedtime, she locked herself into the guest bedroom and insisted on being left alone. I could hear her reorganizing the decorative prints as she recited, make good things happen, make th- good things happen. 
Sunshine is a state of mind. Day seven, for the first day, I have a little hope. Uh, long story short, uh, the whole thing was awful, terrible, miserable, heartbreaking, uh, but still not bad enough to make me or any of my friends want to chug down a uh, Bud Light. So there is that upside. Mm. It's a harrowing tale. Well. Are you okay? I mean, is your friend okay? Bob's okay. okay. Bob's okay. Good. Uh, I f- feel bad for Bob if Bob had a radio show and and then he read that about <laughs> his wife. I'm glad this is not about Tanya, especially if she's listening, because she's an angel and she is rock solid right now. Right now, I can tell you for sure. She is in in our bedroom. She's got the suitcases open. And she may have, may have uh, done what she normally does, which is like also pack up some of my stuff. Right now, she's probably saying, oh, really? Really? You'll pack when you get home. Let's see how that works out for you. But she's not doing that. Right. Because she's not listening. <laughs> Hope to God. Uh, I have one question um, from this uh, mm. unexplained diary uh, mm. that you have from your friend. Uh, Found it at auction. Have they actually really released pumpkin spice cracker? <laughs> Is that real? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Please. Uh, too early. So... Everything is pumpkin spice. It and is. I'm a little sick. It was cool when it first came out, you know? And now... Yeah, I like it. I like uh, it for about a week. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. in June? No. No, it's, no, it's too not early. too early. Too <laughs> early. Um, you know, you're making pumpkin pie. You go to wash your hands, and it smells like pumpkin pie. Well, I mean, right. why wash? <laughs> save the money. Save the trip to Target. Mm. Why wash? Uh, nothing quite as satisfying as knowing that everyone in the house is asleep, Except you, uh, staring up at the ceiling, listening to the clocks on the wall, just tick. Uh, yeah, I love that feeling, especially the next day. Uh, Tanya actually been a little stressed out, a little stressed out. Uh, we both have, but, eh, you know, I might add to stress a little bit, a little bit. And, uh, and so uh, she couldn't sleep the other night. And uh, and she said, uh, I haven't slept well in three days, which immediately made me feel guilty, you know, because I had been sleeping fine for three days. And she said, I'm taking relief factor sleep. And I was like, cool. I mean, she could have said, I'm taking heroin. And I would have been like, whatever, dear, whatever you need. Oh, would you like me to go get a I don't even know a dime bag. Is that what that is? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I'll ask for one. She took relief factor sleep. She got up the next morning and she was in a great mood and had a great night's sleep. I'm just saying, might be breaking up some of those capsules and sprinkling on some of the food. Are you poisoning your wife? Nope. Just trying to make sure she has a good night's sleep. Uh, Relief factor sleep. You can get it now. Unleash the power of great sleep by calling 800, the number four relief, 800, the number four relief. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Dream big and sleep tight.
Ten seconds, station ID. Dead. Probably not the way to start a vacation. Probably mm, not. Uh, again, you better hope she's packing. Well, no, packing for the for trip. The, oh, yeah, no, yes. yeah, no. You better hope she's not packing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, that would be bad. Yeah. That would be bad. Mm-hmm. How dead would you be without your wife? No, oh, I mean, you can't function. <clears throat> <laughs> everything just falls apart in the yeah. household for even if she's away for, for several hours she is like she is and i'm not just saying this because i'm i'm no yes you are okay a little bit mm-hmm. but uh she's like a ceo she I, I gotta tell you she leaves and all of us just stand around going uh anybody know where a fire extinguisher is <laughs> i mean nothing happens nothing happens come home and she has got like this list in her head. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to do this. What I mean, what are you guys doing? I'm like, I don't have that list. I didn't get that list. How do you have that list in your head? What's it like to live in that head with that <laughs> list? Yeah, that's why it's a challenge. I mean, it is a challenge for people. Obviously, you're exaggerating. But there, there, there's a challenge for a lot of people to uh, to, to avoid target, target because it, it, it makes it, is it easy. easy. Right. And you yeah. get to a place where you know where everything is in there. That's, I think that's know. the same thing, though, with phones. You know, we have right. our cell phones mm-hmm. and, you know, you could have a cell phone, get a flip phone. You know, just don't have all social media on it. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because it makes life really easy. I I will tell you that um, <clears throat> uh, I'm starting to carry my phone. Okay? I noticed you had it the other day, yeah. which I have not seen yeah. you carry a phone in well, many, many years. Yeah. Why is, why is that? Well, um, I got a call from somebody that everybody in the audience would know. Um, and this individual is not one that I would normally uh, get a call from. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got, I got messages from people, I think from high school that I haven't spoken to since high school saying, uh, Glenn, uh, somebody's trying to get a hold of you. W- what do you do? Where are you? Where mm-hmm. are you? You know, and I was just not anywhere near my phone. Uh, and this individual doesn't know I don't have a phone. Uh, and uh, it was uh, not good, not good. And so then the next day uh, I had written to somebody. I said, you know, can I, I hire you to, to take some photographs of the museum stuff? He said, sure. And uh, I, he said, when do you want to do it? And I said, this week would be great Wednesday. And he said, OK, I've got to move some other clients around. But yes, we'll do it Wednesday. Uh, and then he came Wednesday, but I hadn't seen his response to me. Mm. So I didn't know he was coming. Mm. So then he got to the studios and uh, he apparently he was sitting right there, uh, but he got into the studios and um, he said, uh, you know, I, I have an appointment with Glenn to do some stuff and I'm on the air. And uh, they said, no, you don't. And my staff was not there this day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, no, you don't. And he said, um, "Yeah, yeah, I do." Uh, and they said, "Who made the appointment?" And he said, "Glenn did." <laughs> and they said, "Glenn doesn't make his own appointments. <laughs> that doesn't happen." <laughs> and uh, and uh, so uh, he was here, and they they waited to come in, and he waited. Um, he waited. Apparently, apparently, he waited for about twelve hours. 
Uh, well, oh. not 12 hours, uh, eight hours. Eight, eight hours. Oh, just the eight just hours? Just the eight hours. Okay. That's and good. in different locations. Yeah. In mm-hmm. different locations. And uh, uh, he apparently had also left uh, messages on my phone, which I don't carry. Um, mm-hmm. And he didn't know that. Uh, and it was bad. And I don't know what the staff was thinking because uh, I wasn't even here after about four of those hours. Oh, good. Uh, good. And so I've decided I think I'm going to f- carry a phone. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna really? Ca- now, yeah. I don't think that will improve things at all. You don't personally. think? No. No. Because I know you. And what will happen is you will now schedule more of your own appointments that you will not tell anyone else about. And you will still forget about them. The more access you have to people, the worse things get. Uh, that's just a general rule we've developed around here over yeah. many, many years. Well, I said, you know, mm-hmm. I said, because I talked to everybody, I was like, how come you guys didn't come in? And they're like, Glenn, you, you don't, don't do this. We have people come by, say this all the time. Right. That and, is- <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we, we didn't know. Uh, so, you know, you, you didn't tell anybody and your guys weren't here. And so, no. And, and I was like, okay, that's uh and uh, you told him that I don't usually do this. And he said, uh, yeah, I did. And, uh. Uh, you know, after uh, talking to pretty much everybody in the building and they all said the same thing, he his response was, well, I, I see why he doesn't uh, make his own appointments. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's something I would agree with that horrible. I, I, I felt like a horrible human being. It's hard to keep him. track of stuff, of course. But no. you, you are particularly like you get you get focused on something. You go all in on it. And then in your head, it's over. And that doesn't mean it leaves your head, though. So no one else knows what's going yeah. on. And yeah. Well, I just didn't see his follow-up email. That was the problem. And you haven't and seen an email in 20 years. Okay. All right. Okay. Another well, thing that yeah. maybe we should talk about. I mean, I gave up emailing you legitimately a decade ago. <laughs> like, like legitimately a decade ago. I did ago, try I to email you the other day. And I looked at all of these. And I said, I think these are from like when we lived in Philadelphia. Right. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't even know what you're <laughs> I know one phone number, and that's my wife's. Yeah. One. And I will say, when if I have to contact you, mm. uh, and I don't even try most of the time, because no. I know I no. can't do it. Right. But if I have to do it, the only way I can even attempt it is to call Tanya. Because Tanya actually is a human being that is in contact <laughs> with other human beings. And at least she's near you and might right. be able to get you a message. Right. This is, well, I got a lot of things to do. Okay, yeah, and, and they're uh, all very important. And they're all very, very important. important meetings to miss. So maybe I shouldn't carry a phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, back in just a second. Final half hour. The Glenn Beck Program. <laughs> I just, just told me who the person was that was trying to call him. And it was, <laughs> not a call you should be no, missing. No, no, not a call no, I should be missing. No. Anyway, okay, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Seems uh, that it wasn't that long ago when the third rail for conversation in business was the same as the dinner table, religion and politics, but now all of that's gone. Everything is political now. Well, it shouldn't be that way. But while it is, if you're going to do that, fine. I am not helping your company help destroy America. I'm not going to do it. That's why I have, but I never, I never use it. My wife does. Patriot Mobile. You need cell phone service? Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke politics. 
make the switch today. They'll make it really super easy. You'll keep your phone number, uh, keep your phone. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 878-PATRIOT. patriotmobile.com slash Beck, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. Do it now. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and subscribe. It's uh, The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks. You know, the, the, there's a story out today, it's in our pre-show prep at glennbeck.com, um, about why this Bud Light thing is really working. And that's because people are buying it at the, at the uh, bars. And if you, if you ask for a Bud Light in some of these bars, people are just harassing you. They're like, oh, really? And that's really how you do it. Yeah. You just don't do that with your wife at Target. No, well, if you want to say married, you certainly don't do right. it. Um, well, if you don't want to stay married, do could, it a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, the quote from the is Marina Cafe in Great Kills on Staten Island. And they said, not only did the sales of Bud Light tank two months ago, but the rare partakers of the product these days find themselves reamed by fellow patrons. Mm. <laughs> Again, like you would go in there and enjoy a beer. Even if you like Bud Light, you just don't want to get in. The it's just so it. much easier, yeah. though. Like my wife came home the other day and I don't know, she needed to buy a blouse for my daughter and hamburger meat and a candle i don't know and she was like i wasn't running to three stores today i don't have time yeah and uh i'm like i just think this is poor planning what you knew you needed that <laughs> candle a long time ago sister you're no, going on but, vacation uh, what do you need a candle yeah. for <laughs> when you're gone i'm romancing somebody uh anyway uh so the um uh it's just hard because that just breaks your day up and you got it. It's Bud Light is easy. Pull that one or pull that one. Yeah, I don't want that one. Pour a glass that. of that. The easy substitute is such a key part of this. Yeah, it is. And I think too, there's just that level of, you know, you you have to make it so you're not ruining your own life because of their bad decisions, right. and that's you, tough to do. Let me ask you: Do you think this is why Hispanics are becoming white supremacists? <laughs> are they? Oh, yeah. well, the rise of Latino white supremacy, it's, I mean, it's right here in black and white. What mm. is this, Vanity Fair? Oh, well. Yeah. well oh, then. the New Yorker, even better. They're even smarter. Better. They have cartoons you don't, nobody understands. Even the people who draw them don't understand them. <laughs> right. Uh, so they've got to be right. Mm. And maybe it's because, you know, they go for that high thread count sheet and they can't get them at Target anymore. So they're like, where are we going to go? And they're, I don't know. So the high thread the count clan. sheet for the clan's outfits. Well, they might not mm -hmm. m might not really agree with everything, but they want the sheets. You know. Okay. So it's I not an know. ideological uh, affinity I to the clan. Know. It's the just comfort of nice thread counts. I don't know. I mm. just know that the New Yorker has a whole piece out about how uh, we are now. You know, seeing the rise of Hispanic white supremacy. I, I've noticed like they call Hispanics uh, brown, which I I really 
hate that term. I don't know why. Brown peoples. And they'll call them brown peoples as if we're black and brown. And then they'll call brown peoples, people of color. All these really weird I have color terms. in my face. It's just pig, Every, right, pink. Right. Everyone has it. Everyone's got some color. No one's actually white. I don't know if anyone's noticed this. Mm. Um, maybe a few exceptions, but the the I always find this to be interesting is that when they want to claim Hispanics as their own, they're people of color, but now they can also be white and white supremacists, which yeah, is they really stop being colorful. Right, they're no they longer right. POCs. No, at that point, no, because they're not agreeing, um, and there are some people that they have found uh, that are you know have racist Nazi tattoos. Now, I just don't understand that. I mean, I think this is this might be a case of you're either really stupid if you're just I want to get a Nazi tattoo and you're any other color than pig pink. OK, because yeah, Nazis don't like color. In fact, the ideal color is like like Spooky ass white with blue eyes. Okay. The kinds that you like to look at and like, I think they're half wolf. That's the ideal. Okay. I guess. And, uh, and you're not, you're not that. So they're going to figure that out at some point. Yeah. Like, so I don't know how that works. I mean, I guess you could be a, a non white, a non white, white supremacist if what you're, if you're, are you just relating this to fascism generally? Like, you so could, here's what they're, here's what they're saying. This, mm-hmm. this article is crazy, but yeah, they say, um, uh, they say that, look, the Hispanics know that they have to be more white and act more white if they want to oh, be God. successful. God. And so they're just acting white and they're just saying, hey, we we we, we want to be white so badly uh, and be accepted by the white people that we'll join the Klan. <laughs> I got news for you, man. You're wearing a sheet. A lot of white people are not going to like you. The overwhelming majority are going to think you're insane. <laughs> yeah, right. Just so you know. Right. And not because do you not look in the mirror or do you not listen at meetings? Mm. Uh, because <laughs> that's nuts yeah but whether uh, you're white or black or any other color your your acceptance well, and membership in the kkk automatically makes you insane yeah i agree mm-hmm. uh, but i tell you they're pushing it they are pushing it these hispanics are pushing white supremacy like oh crazy hmm. Stu. how do we it's know not that? just because of target just the new yorker article no well you know i'm a big fan of uh maria and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Oh. uh the yeah, the uh, the telenovela. Yeah, they're great. Mm. I watch them all the time. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, didn't, I do. I don't think I, I realized love them. that. Uh, you know, but I was watching the other day, and I was watching Teresa, and uh, and uh, there was a scene with Teresa mm-hmm. and Pablo, and okay. all of a sudden they start talking about uh, about white supremacy, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? And Teresa was not happy. Sorry, Teresa was not happy about it. I didn't know you spoke Spanish. Hmm? I didn't even know you spoke Spanish. How do you... Are there... Well, may I? Because I brought the the clip in. Okay. And I'll translate it for you. Yeah. You speak Spanish? I don't know. Okay, good. So uh, let me just... uh, Let me translate Mm. what happened on Teresa. Okay? Uh, Teresa just found Pablo wandering the streets. Stop, stop, stop. Not yet. Teresa is... I'm trying to set this up. Mm-hmm. This is complex stuff. Here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Teresa just found Pablo 
wandering the streets of Mexico City. Mm. Wow, you do that very well. Thank I, you. You do Thank speak you. Spanish. Yeah, apparently. I do. I do. I do. I do. Uh, and she realizes something's wrong with uh, Pablo. Okay. Now, go ahead. ¿Qué pasa, Pablo? What is wrong with you, Pablo? You look like you've seen a ghost. I know what it is. I saw you last night walking around town with those angry-looking men wearing bedsheets and carrying crosses. We lit crosses at midnight, Teresa. Have you never heard of the Ku Klux Klan? See, I, I have. But... It doesn't really make any sense to me. They're white supremacists. Why would they expect uh, accept a Hispanic man like you? They know you're not white, don't they? You're not white? I, they know I love the white race, Teresa. What? Like Hitler. Like, like Hitler, what do you mean? Well, he was a brunette, but he knew blondes were better. So just like him, I may be Hispanic. But I wish yeah. I was white. See? Right? See, 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 see. Yes, it's true. I believe that. But why would you join those blanket-wearing men? They're freaks. Teresa, we are not freaks. The clan is so old-fashioned. No. You're better than that. Any Hispanic white supremacist worth his salt would only join the Patriot Front. Their uniforms are actually stylish. And they're definitely not feds. I guess I was wrong about you, Pablo. You will never be white. Never be white. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. was dramatic. Yeah, it was crazy. And it just spilled out my living room the other day. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't know. And I'm not a... I say, no, I don't... Speak Spanish, yeah. but like, wh- wouldn't the name Hitler just translate as Hitler? I didn't hear Hitler. No, not in, in sp- Spanish. Is very strange. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like but, C yeah, and yes. Totally different. No, totally well, I know. Okay, I know that's how language works right. in translation, but like names usually stay the same. Not in Mexico. Okay, a lot of them change their names. Hmm. A lot of them. Do. Well, I mean, that did explain the phenomenon mm-hmm. of white supremacist Hispanics. <laughs> that's pretty right, well. and they're pushing it hard. <laughs> They're pushing they it hard. They really are. Yeah, you know, that damn Telemundo. Damn. Well, there it is. You've got the truth finally. You need to do a new podcast on just. Uh, I'm going to do like, it. You in know, Spanish. like they did those succession recaps. Uh huh. The what? You know, like succession, the show yeah, that just ended. Right. They do like a daily or weekly podcast on reviewing what happened. You could do that for these we telenovelas. Could. <laughs> in Spanish, of course. We could do that. Yeah. We could mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, would you like me to when I get back? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just tape a few episodes, and then I'll come and translate them. Will you be able to uh, keep up with it on your vacation? Will you still watch them? You don't want to miss any developments. Oh, I can watch those things, you know, all the time. Okay. All the time. Good. Especially Maria. 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 The night on Maria. Okay, uh, I guess, you know, Congress is, uh, you know, decided to make all the uh, economic decisions with the Magic 8-Ball. You know, it's not just any Magic 8-Ball. Uh, this one, uh, no matter how many times you shake it, it just comes up, comes up with the same answer. Spend more. You will spend more. Um, so I guess we got to go with the Magic 8-Ball and Mitt Romney. Throughout history, time and time again, the same financial wisdom holds true. Precious metals such as gold and silver have always been the best hedge against the insanity that plagues the markets and politicians from time to time, you know, right before a collapse. 
Goldline wants to make sure that you've got some gold or silver on hand. Goldline is celebrating Memorial Week. Today is the last day with a special offer to uh, both new and existing clients with every tube of 25 of Goldline's popular one quarter ounce Mayflower gold round. Oh, man, you should have heard what Teresa was saying about the Mayflower. She hates those. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have known? It's crazy. (laughs) Pablo, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but Pablo lost his mind. (laughs) Anyway, the popular quarter ounce gold Mayflower round you'll receive if you buy a tube of them uh, at no charge, either five of the five ounce silver American flag bars, or you can opt to receive 25 of the one ounce Liberty Bell silver rounds. Today is the last day. Please call Goldline. Find out if it is right for you. They're waiting for your call at 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad that you are here. Thank you so much for listening. How many people get into the uh, presidential race? What's the number? Right now, I think we have eight, nine, something like that. What's the final number, you think? There are only 350 million Americans. Right. right? So I don't think it could be over that. Okay. Don't some think of them it's are children. Be over that. Yeah. So they're not qualified. Okay. But um, that doesn't, there's a lot of people. You think this president was qualified? Oh, no, not no. at all. Okay. So many are non citizens. In theory, yes. that would not qualify them, though. Right. That might, that, that, they could run for the Democratic. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Um, I think we had, so, what, 16 or 17, like, relatively r- real candidates in 2016. I think the Democrats got up to, like, 20. Uh, well, the Democrats aren't going to have it. They're going to they're have some people running, but they're not going to well, notice them. Yeah, this time, even people with, like, 25% of the vote don't even get a debate. That's I mean, that a, is crazy, that isn't is it? That is crazy. I mean, the, that is so authoritarian. I don't know how you can be a Democrat and not see how authoritarian this is. Because I, I think the GOP is authoritarian enough. You know, yeah, with their, uh, yeah. but when Reagan was when Reagan was uh, elected, the Democrats freaked out and they're like, "We can't let that happen in our party. We will not have that Bernie Sanders." And they just, I mean, for him to be running and them not with his poll numbers, You're talking about, our, for, yeah, Biden versus yeah. RFK Jr., yeah. even Marianne Williamson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, with his poll numbers and his lack of ability to think. For them to say, no, we're not having any debates is just the kind of stuff that Putin would do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like usually in a situation like this, you'd have some, you know, strong challenger. Like if you're like, I don't know, if you're like a Gavin Newsom and you really think you want to be president and believe me, he does. I go, oh, yeah. what, what are you holding back for? This guy's incredibly vulnerable. I mean, a real challenger. Could make a difference probably Good. in that primary. Do you want to be that? First of all, do you want to be that? I mean, you know, it would take somebody who just either wants to play the game and be a part of the cool kids club. Uh, and they're already in it. They're already there. Uh, or somebody who wants to change things. Do you think you want to go run as a, a traditional Democrat? One that actually believes in the Bill of Rights? No way. They will eat you alive. Look at how they just destroy people. 
No, thank you. I mean, you know, get, getting going in against Trump, that's bad enough. That's bad enough because you know how he fights. He fights to win. And, uh, uh, and you know, I don't know how you don't walk out dizzy uh, after a debate with him. Um, but that's, that's bad enough when you got one guy. You don't, you don't have the media, the entire Democratic Party, the, the entire institution coming out against you. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, you could really compare the, I mean, the 2016 primary to, to this one in a way. Because, you know, Hillary was coming off of being Secretary of State. She was the, the obvious nominee. And you had people challenging her, like Bernie Sanders, like Martin O'Malley and a few others. There were at least people who jumped into the race that, uh, who made a big impact. And Hillary had to deal with them, right? Hillary had to debate them. We all remember seeing those debates. They're, they're just, with Joe Biden, they're like, well, I, we can't put him on stage. He might just fall on his face. I mean, I don't mean fall on his face in the debate. I mean, literally, literally fall, fall on his, his face, face in, the middle, bad. in the middle of the debate. Just really bad. And they're just protecting him. They're trying yeah. to keep him out of public view. And, and to see if it worked, it, they're like, well, it worked in 2020. The whole COVID thing gave us a Why kind not? of a, a path here to just yeah. keep him in the basement and see what happens. Yeah. And I, man, I can't believe they're trying it again. I would be very frustrated if I were a Democrat at that development. You know, RFK Jr., look, I don't think he's, he's not a serious candidate, right? He's really not. I mean, he's not a guy who's who's been, other than his last name. No, this is how we are so desperate. This is, this is the uh, Democratic Donald Trump. This is a guy mm. that the Democrats are like, I, I don't agree with this guy on a lot of stuff, mm. but at least he's talking some sense on a few big things. Mm. Get him in. Jeez. I mean, that shit. 30% of the electorate on the Democrats have side side saying, give us somebody else. I know. Even if it's Marianne Williamson. I know. That's hey, amazing. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, watch for some new art pieces coming out at glenbeckart.com. And I will see you in about three weeks in uh, St. George, Utah, org.